Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world, where we talk about heart-to-heart. Wow. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> we did talk uh, about it. We talked about it. entrance <laughs> for a sick boy. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh. Don't worry, listeners. It's not COVID. That's... <laughs> or it is, and I'm just testing negative, but... Um, Eric's expending all the energy he has. Right you might now. be. That happens to <laughs> I me. Know. I am the uh, I am the COVID negative diehard romantic <laughs> Eric Blood, and I am the formerly COVID negative, then COVID positive, then COVID negative again. Uh, devoted lover. Hi. And I'm the COVID negative, COVID positive, COVID negative, <laughs> Virgin <laughs> Voyager, Joe Garber. This is exciting. <laughs> and yeah. that was Elenito before Joe Garber, but you know. There was a lot of things to say. Oh. Uh, oh, right. I forgot the name. <laughs> That's Elenito. Awesome. Hi, guys. No. <laughs> okay. I am if sick. You know, you know. I am sick tonight. I I don't feel miserable, just very sickly. <laughs> um, and I'm hiding mm. behind things every time he coughs. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty good about coughing into my into my elbow. I'm hiding all my intake valves behind things. <laughs> it's okay. I'm I'm still drinking whiskey, so every cough is is sanitized. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but tonight we followed Charles Lawton to 1932's <laughs> oh my God. The Old Dark House. <laughs> <laughs> to 1932's. It was worth it to hear the Joe say. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> which I'm just like, it. how are which we ever gonna? It. Okay, now, I'll talk about this when I talk about my it. It is described as a nerve jangling <laughs> hour and twelve minutes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my nerves were jangled. We had some. There were some jingles and some jangles. Uh, do, do you want to know what it's about? I'm gonna tell you in a minute. <laughs> in a second, we called a minute max. <laughs> Dead air. Are you, are you okay? I passed out. I'm sorry. Okay? <laughs> 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 he legally died two, for <laughs> 10 seconds. Two, two, two jangles? Are you Mr. Bo Jangle? I'm Mr. Mr. Nerve Jangle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no idea how I'm going to condense this one hour and 12 minutes into one minute. <laughs> uh, honestly. But let's see. 1932's <laughs> The Old Dark House. Uh, all right. A bunch of the worst people on earth are driving in a, on a rainy night, <laughs> and they end up at a massive house um, because their car breaks down, and they go inside, and these super creeps, they end up at the house of the worst family to possibly end up at the house of. <laughs> and these, <laughs> this, the family is called the Femmes, which I love. Uh, they invite them in. They offer them gin. They they then feed them roast beef, yeah. and they made enough potatoes to feed Ireland. I I don't understand like what was going on there. Um, and they're they're being overly hospitable, but they're really afraid to go upstairs. Um, more people show up. Everyone's super drunk and really obnoxious and horny. Uh, anyway, there's also their their uh seemingly butler named Morgan, who's really brooding and scary looking. And he has a he has a friend upstairs that's locked in a room named Saul, and everyone's afraid of him. Oh my gosh! All right, well done. All right, <laughs> don't don't lie to me. <laughs> Good job. Don't. Well, you you <laughs> say that to me every time I mess it up. Have a potato. Time. Have a potato. Uh, Have a potato. Right. Have a potato. You got to say it more than once. It is me, Red. I still really don't know. 
Okay. All right. <sighs> the old dark house. Three flop doodles are on their way to a shimbang bang at Bo- Bo- Schnozbury Avenue, and they're driving the car for miles and miles in the mud and rain, and they're getting scared and because it's so stormy, and there's like a big uh, landslide that hits the car, and the girl screams. They go to a house, the nearest house with lights on, and a man in- opens the door, and he just mumbles at them, and he's really weird looking. Uh, butlery guy comes down and lets them into the house, and there's like an old woman who just screams at everyone that they don't get any beds. They can't have beds but they can have a full three-course dinner (laughs) so they all sit down to eat and then two more people come in who are just make themselves right at home and there's just like a bunch of strangers (laughs) gathering at this house in the storm i guess turns out it's a whole family and there's a crazy one of their crazy members who tried to burn the house down is up in the uh, attic and they let him out and he tries to burn the house down they get in a fight they fall down the railing and they think they're dead but nobody dies and they're safe and that's the end of the whole movie and now I know why Cordray Brewer's band is called that. <laughs> <laughs> band slash music project. Okay. All right. <clears throat> the Old Dark House, 1932. Okay. So it is, we're in Wales and this, it is just raining crazily. Like it's raining it's out raining even the most theatrical rain. It is insanity. <laughs> and they're driving along and bickering. There's like a weird friend. It's a married couple and they're a weird friend. And it is just like the most deeply sarcastic and then weirdly irreverent banter happening while this like Model T-ish car just lurches along uh, and then there's a landslide. Mm-hmm. But fortunately... The landslide happens right in front of just a random house in the middle of pitch dark ass nowhere. <laughs> and um, there's a very uh, scary guy with a fucked up eye that opens the door and then he closes the door. And then a butlery guy comes and he's like, come on in. And then they eat, sit down to eat a meal and it's just extremely creepy and strange. And there's a sister who, uh, OK, like everybody is a post-war British archetype. OK, let's just get that out of the way. And then there's this whole thing unexpected with an old man who is actually played by a lady. And then a Jane Eyre moment. Yes. House on fire. <laughs> that lady was supposed to be a man. Yes. That's why she had a beard. Yes. Oh, Sir Roderick Femme. OK. Played right. by Elspeth El- uh, Dudgeon. Dudgeon. Wow. But I'd, why? Yeah, why? And I had no idea that was... I thought Were it was just admins? a lady with a beard. There's a lot about this movie that <laughs> is confusing. Um, is it yes. because the voice was supposed to be the voice of a child? Perhaps that's in the book and we don't know it. Is there I'm, a book? There is a book, and honestly, mm-hmm. I kind of want to read. I kind of want to read it. This, this movie <laughs> yeah. is so fucking weird. Yeah. It's unhinged. It's un unhinged is the word. Yeah, it's uh, uh, from the very get go, from that scene where they're driving in that car through oh <laughs> a dangerous amount of rain and mud, and they just like. I, they slide off the road like five times in that scene. It was realistic, like danger stunts. Like I was, yeah. I was really worried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's nuts, scary. And then the bickering is so intense and yeah. vile and upsetting. Like I'm just like, oh god, uh-huh. oh my god, please stop. I and then love... the husband is so deeply sarcastic yes. that yes. I wasn't wearing a hat, but I took one off to him because it was <laughs> so 
incredible. I love that. He just starts screaming at her. He, <laughs> one of the things he says is, I love driving 100 miles an hour on a road, the rainy road with no headlights. The, he just <laughs> lists all the things he loves that, about the. That, yeah commitment but That's then commitment to being a sarcastic irritated husband driving yes. in the dark in a dangerous storm yes. and the reveal that there's a there's a, a third sarcastic passenger in yeah. the back seat was like admittedly like just a little more a uh, little more joie de vivre exactly yeah, totally. more like he's quite kind of a rake well yeah his his mustache was drawn on more fancifully <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. truly oh my and god they're all going to because Schnozbury. he's single but he's fucked up by world war 1 oh yeah pendrel Played by Melvin Douglas. Schnozberry. Schnozberry. Shrovesberry. 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 Is that a real place? Yes. Okay. And were they going to a hunting party? I can't remember where they were going because I immediately just started focusing on the crazy rain and the bickering. I don't know the relation of any character to any other character in this whole movie. I don't understand so, so any the, of it. The woman that packed a white gown uh, yes. was married to the the snotty, yes. sarcastic man driving the car. Right. The guy behind them was their friend. Was their, their friend? Their single friend. Right. Roger. Who, fall, who falls in love with the woman who shows up later with the yes. other guy. Gla- right. Gladys? Should we, should we run down the guests? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yes. So, we first the first characters we encounter, yes, Philip, deeply sarcastic, Margaret, uh, married to the deeply sarcastic man. They are the Wavertons, the married couple, mm. weirdly going to Shrewsbury. Roger Pendrel. 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 That name's so great. Mm. Roger Pendrel is uh their friend who's in the back seat. Morgan is the butler yeah. mm-hmm. at the house that they arrive at, and the door's opened by Horace, who is Mr. Femme, it is the home of the Femme family. <laughs> and the Femme family, what's the crazy sister's name? Uh, Rebecca. Oh, really? No, isn't Rebecca the dead one? Oh, wait. I thought it was Rebecca. Did they say the name of anybody that wasn't? Uh, I never caught her uh, Rebecca Femme was Eva Moore. Yeah. She oh, was okay. the one always Rebecca. yelling, constantly yelling. Yes. <laughs> she was the one constantly yelling. Deeply Horace, unpleasant. Rebecca. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yes. Then Gladys and Sir William Porterhouse show up. William Porterhouse being our link, Charles Lawton. Charles Lawton. And they are, are okay, they are not married. They are dating. Yeah. Because he his wife died. Okay. This is the couple that shows up, and she's super silly, and yes, just tap and dances, adorable, and... and he's and he's super drunk, right? And, and they very, make themselves very uh, English. When they showed up, I was <laughs> like, you know, okay, like you know, this is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, this is basically what yes. they were completely doing. This, as Corey had mentioned, like this is oh, he did. Right. this he is that. The the old dark house is, trope, the right. trope comes from the right, which is yeah interesting. But the way that they make themselves at home so quickly, yeah. was refreshing. It was great. <laughs> I loved watching it, but also so nerve wracking and annoying <laughs> that they just came in and were like, "Oh, you got a fire? You got some meat? You got some potatoes? Like, let's eat. We'll sit down." Yeah, and- but right away, do um the hospitality is um not there right off the bat like this is not 
to four seasons, right? No. Because they're like, um, don't no come beds. in. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, you can come in. Mm-hmm. You can have some gin. No beds and no bags. Yeah, no bags. No bags. And it's like, why? Because then we go into Rebecca's bedroom shortly thereafter, and she has a giant, super comfy looking bed. Yeah. And a bunch and of funhouse mirrors. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, a lot of shit. So it seems like she would be open to bag having. Uh-huh. But it's also kind of like, why does she have all that stuff? But she's dressed like it's Batcave night. <laughs> she, so Rebecca puts on, uh, is that like the most ball gown? Oh, no. No, Margaret that's, that's Margaret. Margaret. Okay. Oh, oh. So Rebecca's the sister. sister. Okay. Who's yeah. just no, yelling at people constantly. It's like very back, unpleasant. Batcave. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand what. So I was confused about them having no beds, yet getting this full meal, just really beautiful. That food looks so good, and I knew they shouldn't be eating it. I was very creeped out by this family. I was like, oh, don't eat that food. But then I was like, oh, wait a minute. That food looks delicious. But there's like the amazing scene where the brother and the sister go back and forth, like, hurling daggers at each other basically mm-hmm. verbal daggers mm-hmm. because he's gonna like saw into that enormous roast beef which <laughs> yeah. admittedly they need because everyone in the county is showing up at their house yeah totally but, uh, but uh, no, unbeknownst to them so that was for two yeah oh, right. yeah well no, and for three and Saul. Oh, and Saul. i'm yeah, gonna yeah. bet that yeah. morgan eats a lot it was for four he does a lot of work i think um and he's he drinks big. a lot but um, so he's like about to di- like saw into the giant roast, and then the sister's like, <laughs> and <laughs> right, and he's like, oh, and then he basically just something says something to the fact that it's like, oh, sorry, my sister's uh thinks God is real, and then she's like, uh-huh. she's like, hey, you, I can't even hear you because I'm weirdly kind of deaf sometimes mm-hmm. but i i can see that you are a heretic or a heathen or whatever and then she says <laughs> a, a blessing that is basically like all right let's eat like it's not yeah. even it's yeah. not even a full sentence and then she saws into that already <laughs> sawed into loaf of bread yeah. in the craziest way and then we have to watch her eat after she fishes around, after Boris Karloff yes. holds out a jar of perfectly eyeball-sized pickled, pickled pearl, pearl onions, onions. and oh. she fishes around in the jar oh. for so long that it is amazing. And she takes so many out, and then she's like, just spearing them on her plate. It's the so way good. she oh was eating God. was delightful. Uh-huh. I so loved funny watching Rebecca eat. Yeah. She was just like, Everyone disappeared, and yeah. she was just yeah. loving Fuck this off. meal. And she's got like bread to the side of her. She got yeah, a huge loaf of, of bread. Yes. Uh-huh. but she's got these weird like post Wolverine attack scraps of bread, like uh-huh. heaped up next to her plate. But it's not even. It doesn't even make sense because it's not like it's just a crust. Like maybe God told her not to eat crust or something like that. It's not even like that. It's just like all fucked up, weird. Like what's yeah. going on with the bread? Because there's a a loaf of bread so big mm-hmm. it's not yeah. as big as the roast beef but it's fucking enormous it's and huge. it makes it makes her look like a child um like a like a benjamin button child sawing away at this giant little <laughs> yes bread. but so then why is she like why is she fucking with her bread so much but i guess it's because she just really enjoys her food because she is there methodically like spearing and stuffing and spearing and stuffing <laughs> yes. food into her mouth and then there are those hilarious 
eyeball size. She's quirky. Pearl They're all quirky. There was also this the there was a scene where they are passing potatoes around the table uh. and every actor is trying not to laugh. And it was I, I got like this little my heart warmed up a little bit and I was like, Oh my god, these these guys must have been having so much fun making this fucking That's, ridiculous yeah, movie. Totally. That's they but, all would you were, like a potato. It's like yes. everybody <laughs> was given potato. that two prong. What are the is there a name for that thing that's like it has two a prongs? Fork. A fork. Is it a fork? It's yeah. a giant though. And it's for it's yeah. for cutting meat. Meat. It's a fork. But she also just had one and like stabbed a piece of bread and then handed it handed across it the table <laughs> with a hand. And everyone was like smirking. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's trying not to laugh the entire yes. time. <laughs> the yeah. potatoes were weird to me. Um, but I guess it's just like boiled potatoes. But then there's a bunch of of cuts back and forth between Rebecca, like loving life and eating mm-hmm. uh, her food with somebody scraping some weird shit off of their potato repeatedly. Did you catch that? Oh, uh, I thought I, I, I thought yeah. There was one one guy. Seemed like, to be, I'm like, is something wrong with the potato? Am I supposed to be grossed out? But the he potato? was is the potato picking. Gross? He was picking a what looked like a uh, tip of the thumb sized tumor out of his potato. Like it was a dark yeah ball of which which uh, to be fair like there's i i pull black spots out of potatoes all the time yeah never that big (laughs) it was so big i was like what's that like is it a leech i did i i I took notice of of that as well (laughs) but what was weird to me was i just wasn't sure and i know i've already invested more time in this scene than probably anyone (laughs) i knew that we talked about the meal but a lot (laughs) but it's like was I supposed to be grossed out? Because I was, I was thinking about the onions, right? Mm-hmm. And clearly, like that's meant to be like a little disturbing, right? And then her bizarre zeal uh, for the food, but but we see that same action of digging that thing out of this boiled potato, and mm-hmm. it's just really gross to me for some reason. Yeah. Like, I and I also just didn't understand. Like, am I supposed to be grossed out? Or right. Is that just the shot that they got of somebody trying to eat their weird potato? I was a, I was I had a whole <laughs> conundrum with this scene because I this okay, family now I feel better. This family is fucking weird, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. And they're like, no badge for you. But like I'm but that guy uh what's his name? The the brother. Uh Horus. Horus Femme. Horus Femme. Comes, he's the most gentle. He seems like a, he's got butler energy, and yes. he just is welcoming in a weird way. You know, he's like sort of he's incredible. I love this actor. I forget his name, but the and way he, he played he that looks role like is a skeleton. Amazing. He's yes, and he's incredible. <laughs> I can't believe a human being looks like that. He looks like an illustration <laughs> of just like the creepiest a, person you could he, ever draw. Edward Gorey drew all of these people. Yeah, totally. Like right. Yeah. <laughs> But he's so like sort of welcoming, you know, he's like kind of the normal one. But then they sit down to this meal and yeah, you expect like a human head to be served on a platter. (laughs) And they're at this giant table. Yeah, exactly. It's night terrors. It is night terrors. Yeah. We're so conditioned by our weird, awkward dinner parties. (laughs) But then the food just looks amazing and it looks so good. They're eating it. They're like corking it down. And I was just so caught off guard by that that this like i it was like a really good uh it was a hearty meal narrative device (laughs) to just 
caught catch you off guard by this meal being so delicious looking and fine and everything is like everyone's kind of getting along to you know a sort of yeah. to a degree that you would not expect this family to get along and they're all eating food that is edible and isn't full of maggots <laughs> or human right doesn't eyeballs. turn into like you don't look down and yeah. it's like yeah um i was surprised i guess the family is unusual, but Very. is anyone expecting a normal family to live in the dark house? No. No, but okay. it's, well, okay. So I, of course, I knew nothing about the story of this, uh, aside from the trope. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to me to see how this unfolded and then have to have to actually finish it. <laughs> I, I fell asleep. I'm sick. I fell asleep in the yeah. middle of it uh, last night. And I I'm not to, sick and I fell asleep. Had to finish, finish this. <laughs> This hour and ten minute movie, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, this this afternoon, just to grasp what the fuck was going on in the entire movie, and sure. I'm still at a bit of a loss. I have a grasp on the family now, but mm -hmm. there was the there was so much extra garbage thrown in with Pendrel mm -hmm. and Gladys falling mm -hmm. in love, mm -hmm. which was a big chunk of the movie. Yeah. Yes. Them them going to get their bags and yeah. then just like hanging out uh in in a car. Yeah. And yeah. being all loving, he... like falling in love all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to marry her 10 yeah. minutes later. Yeah, but, that's weird. Right. But the 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 old dark house element when that was going on, I was really digging it like cuz I I had no idea what's I was so confused that the the mysteriousness of mm -hmm. the old dark house was working for me because mm -hmm. first we get uh we get margaret who's like my clothes are all wet can i go and change my clothes mm -hmm. and rebecca says yeah i think you should go and change your clothes and then they have this mm -hmm. it's supposed to be humorous exchange in the hallway because rebecca is deaf and margaret keeps asking her questions even though she knows that she's deaf yeah and it's really it's annoying uh, they get to Rebecca's room. Rebecca refuses to leave the room for Margaret it's to weird. change, which uh -huh. is super weird. So uh -huh. Margaret's just like, whatever, I'm going to change. She changes into a white silk backless gown. That you do. Like a ball it's gown. It's beautiful with a, with a beaded yes. element it's, shoulder strap. It's incredible. So Stunning. Did you she, not bring like some kind of pajama set to Schnozberry or wherever you were going? I'm just saying, even on the best <laughs> day, <laughs> even on the best day, that saying. house in Wales is going to be fucking freezing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be freezing. Yeah. She would have <laughs> died of pneumonia just that night. But she looks amazing. But then amazing. she opens beautiful. the window. She does, like an idiot. And it's just like Who everything blows away. Who would open the window? But that's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's changing her clothes. Rebecca is telling her a terrifying nonsensical laughter story. And sin, laughter and sin. Yeah, she's basically, you know, pulling up uh, Piper, Laurie, and Carrie. And mm -hmm. the totally, whole time, totally. the whole time Similar it's being told, also. yes, mm -hmm. uh, you see Rebecca's face reflected in these fucking warped mirrors that yeah. are all over so her room. Good. So good. Yeah. I love that so much. And then it cuts to Margaret trying to get ready in that, in one of those mirrors. Yeah. And it's two, you see two of her reflections and one of them is so scary. It's so perfectly like Ooh. pinched in the middle and. And just yeah, it's just like deformed cut in half, and yeah. she she reacts to it like she she starts to feel like it's her that's that looks like that, and it's like this really great little moment, and then she opens the window and all hell breaks loose, mm -hmm. uh, and the movie never gets back to that ever again. 
Never gets back, back to that to level the, of menace. Oh, yeah, the, the funhouse mirror like creepiness. No, it does. Yeah, because in the shadow scene, the shadow scene was cute. It was so funny. Yeah, or, which also implied that there were ghosts. That this family yeah, was supernatural. Supernatural, but were they? I, I don't know. They're. I would say they're just gothic. They're, they're gothic. haunted by their own. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're like Adam's family style weirdos. Well, not gothic, and... not gothic in the sense of like listening to Bauhaus gothic and gothic <laughs> in terms of the the literary definition of gothic, Bronte-ish. which of course is like hammered home, yeah, by mm-hmm. the Jane Eyre, Grace Poole, mm-hmm. Saul as Grace Poole element, because mm-hmm. you're simply not gothic or mysterious unless you have someone locked in a room in your house. You have to hide a family member, about. really. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Unless your house is periodically uh, racked with mysterious, distant, insane sounding laughter, <laughs> you are not a gothic family. Oh, and ours is. It is, really, so, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess we're gothic. Speaking of, uh, the, the, my family is apparently qualifies for gothic. Uh, I, I have heard tale of <gasps> secret Shut cousins up. in my family that were locked away in a room. What? Uh, what? Yeah, you're like the Kennedys. Yeah, they were they were named House of Yes. They were named Cleotis and Leotis, and they no, were, they were not. Yes, they were, and they were uh, they were just simply kept away. Because there was something not right, and yeah. they they had were probably to... they were probably developmentally disabled. And, oh my god! And they were kept kept locked away in a room because that's what you do wow. in the South in the 30s and 40s or whatever. I just rewatched. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Oh, and there's a family member. If if you haven't seen that movie, you should see it. Uh, it's really really well done. It's a, it's like Rosemary's Baby, but after the baby is born, basically. Yeah, and it's extremely disturbing and triggering. Yeah, so, <laughs> so be, be careful. Read read the but IMDb. Also, rewatching it recently, parental guides before you watch it. Yeah, it was like more. It was funny. I was like, this is a comedy almost. It is. It was really interesting. There's then, there's a lot of humorous elements. But then for some reason, I found myself on Reddit about this, like children who cannot be controlled, basically, and I read this whole story that I don't know, you know. I feel like I have a pretty good bullshit gauge of uh, of internet whatever and this might be total bullshit but it was about that basically it was like an uncontrollable child who the parents they just couldn't do anything mm-hmm. like the the child was like killing pets of neighbors and just run amok and they it came to a point where they beat the like the I think the mom beat the shit out of this kid when he got old enough mm. and they and then the family because they had a baby that he was uh threatening oh God. and so they moved to the basement and they left him they like locked the door locked themselves in the basement and lived in the basement and just left this beaten down child, child to whatever you know, ended up happening to him and they still don't know. And it was, it was a pretty affecting story on Reddit, but yeah. you know, it might've been total fiction, but I mean, that's, it's, that's horrifying. And that I, there, there's definitely true stories of, of basically abandoned yeah. children who yeah. abandoned for reasons, whether, whether it is like a, a disability that, that the family just doesn't yes, want to deal with. Doesn't want to deal with. And in, it sounds like in this case, a, a mental, mm-hmm. a mental um, break oh that the family yeah. is either unable to deal with <sighs> financially or societally mm-hmm. or yeah. But uh, just violence. I've, 
I'm fascinated by that. I've watched, you know, there was like YouTube documentaries about this little girl. It was from the 80s. It's a BBC documentary about a little girl who is just like Damien level demented and the family doesn't know what to do with her. They don't know how to deal with her. And it's really interesting that topic. I don't know. It's like I, I'm interested by it and it's scary. It's the most terrifying thing. Yeah, it really is like children. I agree. Yeah. I 100% agree. I, I just consider every child to be that. Um, so the bad seed. Yeah, the bad. They're seed. all bad. You may be you may be wondering, <laughs> listener, why all of this is relevant to the old dark house. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it and isn't. believe it or not, it kind of is. It kind of is. Uh, is I believe it Great. is. So one of Ooh. the the movie after the wonderful Rebecca and Margaret in the in the room scene um, goes through a bunch of random bullshit. Uh, but there is a moment <laughs> where Philip is asked to procure a lamp from upstairs. And Horace lamp. is terrified of going upstairs. So this is yet another moment where I was like, ooh, yeah, now we're getting going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> they send <laughs> Philip upstairs to collect a lamp, and he notices, he gets the lamp, this giant, amazing lamp that... Uh, uh, it's so big. It's huge, and it seemed like it should do more than just illuminate a room. <laughs> Yeah. It seems like you should be able to speak to aliens. Uh, I love that lamp. Uh, but he gets it and he notices it's right next to a big, heavy door with a giant lock on it. Uh, yeah. I love also, I'm forgetting his, his name again, that he, <laughs> how scared he was of everything. Horace. 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 Is that his name? The butlery one? But the brother. Yes. Because Morgan was the butler. Morgan was. Th- I, I got the impression that Morgan was also a brother, but he was their their scary brother that they kept because he was friends with Saul, who we haven't gotten to yet. Uh-huh. Horace, though, also says that he is wanted by the police, and that's why he is hiding uh... there in the house and stays with his family. But they don't really get into that except for later when Saul, who we haven't mentioned yet, tells Philip, I think. That the uh, siblings he, murdered. Saul only talks to siblings. Pendrel. Pendrel, yeah. Sorry, it's Roger Ernest, Pendrel. Ernest my bad. Thesiger or Thesiger. I'm I'm only going to know him as Horace Femme for the rest of my Horace life. Horace Femme. <laughs> yeah. Who is when they're going up those stairs? Is just he's like, uh, here's my bedroom. Do you, I have some things that I would like you to see. Yeah. He's just trying to uh, procrastinate <laughs> going up those stairs, and it is so it's adorable. And I it just I loved that character and how he didn't. He was just so terrified of living in that house too. Like it was. Yeah. It's unusual because you expect him to be the one to like pull a knife on you any at any minute. He has this very scary persona. But he's just terrified yeah. and just is so stressed out living there. I want just want to say this before it slips my mind, and also because you cannot talk about the old dark house or any dark house film without invoking Scooby Doo. So here it is. So in the iconic opening credits to Scooby Doo, one of the episodes that they cut into is the one where the guy's like the crazy monstrous butler, mm-hmm. and that is. A million percent Boris, Boris Karloff, Karloff as yes. Morgan yes. in this thing. But also like the scar on Boris Karloff's face is the one that's in the illustration about uh, frightening tales or whatever. Yes. <laughs> like it's a million percent 
at the Boris Karloff face that they use for that. But so the regarding like the femme family, so the the femmes tell their stranded um, stormy night guests multiple things about their family and themselves. So when they're in the room where everyone's having funhouse mirror face <laughs> and um, Rebecca is berating uh, Margaret Waverton by basically calling her um, an unchaste or whatever mm -hmm. she's like yep. satin in this like just laughter and sin this is um, she's she the connective the tissue thematically between cape fear night of the hunter and this like <laughs> rebecca just right. continues that she fears sex she wants femininity. sex she hates it mm -hmm. it makes her angry um the she tells a story about the bedroom and about another sibling that uh, was beautiful with a white face, white skin and red lips, white and red, white and red. <laughs> so creepy. Yeah. And she says that she had a riding accident and broke her back and that she would scream on that bed yes. until her death, like scream at Rebecca to, and beg her to kill her. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a really cool place to change <laughs> your clothes yeah. um, at, and look in funhouse mirrors. And then um, Horace... Oh, no, is it Horace or is it? Oh, Rebecca also spills the beans on the father that Sir Roderick, their father, oh. is 102 and lives in the house. And so that's like a direct line to when later Philip comes downstairs from getting the world's biggest uh, bulbous lamp that he's like, I heard a voice like a weird childlike voice. Come up there and look at it. I mean, that is if you're done being almost well, being directly menaced slash almost sexually assaulted, question mark by Morgan. Yes. Right, right. Where you're throwing a chair at him uh, oh in my between God. hiding behind chairs, running from chair <laughs> to chair to hide. But yeah. then trying to like open the door and scream, 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 and the then chair like fight was your face and like do all the do all the opening credits to mystery. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyways, so we know that there's other weird things happening with the family and then we also find out from Sir Roderick that there were two children that were 20 years old that died. There's a lot of Oh my god. Dead did you did Welsh you learn siblings. all that? <laughs> that I when I, I when I listened to Sir Roderick's speech again today. Scary. I well, <laughs> I was just taken by how Margaret just kept trying to very politely leave, leave and tell her to shut <laughs> yeah. up. Like it was just like, yeah. um, please don't talk if it's making you tired. <laughs> yeah. Right. Please. I saw myself in Margaret. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because yeah. it's just like, oh, you just must be very tired. <laughs> I am sick of you. Can we please yeah. leave? Can we please leave? I cannot have one more bizarre ass experience in this giant house. <laughs> yeah. I need to go to bed. Yeah. I would I rather drown. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, your beard scares me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and your two teeth. Yeah. Scare me. Yeah. I remember that the character of the old man who is a lady mm -hmm. who I never even thought of as a man <laughs> for one second. I don't mm -hmm. remember anything that they said. I, the, I don't know. There was something about the dialogue. I was coming off of a flight. I was very kind of stressed. <laughs> I'm I feel bad, but it was like I don't understand basically any of the dialogue. The, the dialogue way they is spoke. confounding. It's confounding. I didn't understand what the fuck they were talking about whenever they were talking about anything. 
but Sir Roderick basically is just exists to creep us out that there is mm. a high voiced super old man that's kind of tucked mm. away in this giant, amazing, gorgeous uh, bedroom, but has like the creepy beard and basically it's just like i'm 102 and this house is dangerous do you want me to stay alive i could die any second do you right. want me to stay alive though <laughs> because it's about to be dangerous mm. and then margaret understandably is like um i'm trying to say in a nice way that we need to get the fuck out of here yeah. ha, 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 ha. Uh, uh, do you, you want to go to sleep water? okay gotta yeah. go. but yeah so Good it's night. like <laughs> sir roderick is I think just there to creep us out, right? And, and Sir, add, Sir Roderick, keep on, pile on to the gothic family weirdness. Sir yes. Roderick also informs us that Morgan is not the one you should be worried about. It's Saul who is Enter who Saul, is upstairs, who is mad, who is in in the room behind the lock, yeah, and is very angry, yeah. Um, uh, so this is again like I love, I love the elements of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't love how it was presented. Really? It's, mo- it's, it's mostly because of the dialogue, because there is an issue with there, there, the amount of pleasantries that are exchanged. Yeah, a lot. Are just suffocating. Like, yeah. like the, when, so, okay, I'll, I'll get, I'll get to it because I can't not get to it. Saul is let out of his room mm-hmm. by Morgan because Morgan and Philip have had a big fight and, uh, uh, Morgan uh, Philip bashes the beautiful gigantic lamp space lamp over Morgan's head mm-hmm. and t- he tumbles down the stairs but he's still alive because he's very drunk according to Philip uh-huh. um, so then there's a bunch of romance going on mm-hmm. and a lot more pleasantries and a lot of like I you know what I want to tell you what I'm gonna tell you tomorrow no tell me now no, I want to tell you in the cold light of in morning. In the cold light of day. Yeah, bitch, <laughs> yeah. just fucking say it. Like, this, you, uh, you all should die. Anyway, Morgan at that <laughs> point gets up and lets Saul out of his room. And we know yeah. this. We know this because we see a hand, a gnarled, curled uh, up hand on the, on the banister. Great shot. I Amazing love shot. that. And I then, love and then that. from behind the hand, Morgan's creepy Morgan. ass face slides by and i'm like this Uh is this is great if this movie was a half hour long maybe but you can tell they could have just really nailed it but for me and it bears mentioning that everyone's just like morgan's gonna get really drunk and fuck the whole house up (laughs) yeah right so because (laughs) sir roderick sir roderick's all like what everyone says like i'm so old that everyone says that then madness comes into our family or does it am i mad are you mad am Uh i mad are this is dangerous Mm -hmm. and it's like just tell us about Saul and cut to the chase. Yes. So when Morgan <laughs> tries to basically, he's a yet again um, menacing Margaret Waverton. Oh, oh, ee, ee. And then Philip has to brain him and send him down the stairs. And then understandably, mm-hmm. you are going to go unleash the beast that is Saul. But when we see Saul, it's like the greatest moment of all yeah. time. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Saul is like a pocket sized person. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, kind of. <laughs> old-ish. I would I would um, describe him as a timid old man. Yeah. With like a professor beard. Yeah. He's yeah. kind of adorable. And, mm-hmm. and Sir Roderick has warned us, 
explicitly that the thing that Saul is going to do is burn the fucking house. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. then comes really one of the greatest sequences of events yeah. that I have seen on film potentially ever. It is so, so good. So Mayhem's breaking loose. Everybody's like, oh, shit, Morgan is up there letting everybody, letting Saul out. Oh, my God. We Let's girls into the closet. Oh, mm-hmm. shit, we're going to go outside and then just get locked outside because we can't be in here for plot device reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're the men that could punch, but we'll leave Roger here because Roger's like, he's kind of smooth. He's like the archetype of the World War One veteran. Like he kind of doesn't. He's the man with the twisted smile battered by the war. He's about to get battered by old yet tiny Saul, who um, like Roger. I keep calling him Philip. Sorry, Roger. Um is doing that thing that they tell you to do when somebody seems like they might go berserk on you, which Uh is keep talking, keep them talking. And so they have the most incredible conversation around like the formerly tipped over dinner table. Mm -hmm. So Morgan had knocked the full like left, like remnants of their dinner onto the floor. The table's back up again, but the floor is covered with all of the broken and everything, which is really amazing. And then um, he's like, I have his Saul's like, I have a story to tell you or something to that effect. And then he picks up a knife, Mm -hmm. sits almost at the other not the head of the table, but he sits at the end of the table. Um, Roger sits at the head of the table on the other end from him. And then they're just going back and forth about how Saul thinks they're friends and all the things that they have in common. And I'm so nice. And I, li- I he's like, I like you. And he's like, and Saul says, I love you. <laughs> and then it gets even weirder from there, uh, right? Because he is holding a, a horn-handled carving yeah. knife yeah. from the that he picked up off the floor. Mm-hmm. And then there's this insane, scary moment where he puts still holding the knife puts the knife down on the table and slides the knife down and ends up seated seated directly next to roger Mm -hmm. and it's so creepy and scary Mm -hmm. and then they have one of the best fights i've ever seen (laughs) it's a really good heart to heart it's a heart to heart knife it is it's it's like a over the over the fall over the balcony um (laughs) something is burning but not burning in a way that is scaring you too much because right. you just kind of keep fighting you can put that out and you mm-hmm. like he like jumps jonathan hart style on top of roger yeah and the size difference between them makes it unintentionally <laughs> hilarious but they are like fighting in both a half-assed and really vicious way mm-hmm. which is a tempo i can get down with yeah and then roger periodically just tries to sweat half-heartedly at the burning curtains and buntings on the yeah. thing oh yeah and all i'm thinking is like it's raining so hard even if this whole joint goes up how long is it gonna burn for you? Yeah, i know <laughs> it'll smolder for a minute and like grace pool will saul, fuck your house up but saul meh. saul even bites him in the neck and i think in you know Crazy 20 town. 20 years there would have been a bunch of blood everywhere when that happened but there's just like he just bit him and like left a little bit of a mark and that was which it. is such a gross crazy thing to have in that fight and i'm sure it's just yeah. like well he's mad so the way that we show that you're mad is like you're you're just you're trying biting. to bite people right but the fight is so not so and they go over the railing yep they crash through it there it's a really funny because they're fighting and they're like throwing each other and it's like who's gonna go off that railing and then they push each other into it and it sort of half breaks and then there's a full other shot 
and then it breaks through and it's like mm-hmm. all the suspense you kind of killed it by showing that it's like a breakaway piece of material <laughs> like oh, it's foam rubber I'm yeah. here for that. oh really you like it <laughs> yeah i was like oh okay like i mean i knew somebody was going over you kind of know someone's going over that the whole time though Ugh. The whole thing from the moment he grabs that knife and like does that slick like slide hmm. movement and does the uh, I love you thing. It's like, uh, oh, shit. Yeah. He's about to get he starts the best. laughing maniacally. Gonna... Oh, yeah. Yeah. He gets really Little. weird. Oh, I love it. I mean, the whole family was kind of just like keeping the secret of Saul basically at the end. It was just like this. Mm. They just didn't. What even... are the secrets? I don't know. Do we, do we even end up resolving or understanding at least in the film no. we don't really end up getting much resolution about any of the secrets yeah no no definitely not. the answer is no <laughs> it's like sunlight and they're all guarded uh the guy who comes in has like a big spear to protect the, the girl that's sleeping on his feet and it's like mm-hmm. they're all crying over the they think he's dead but he's not dead and and then yeah, they get big happy like, ending. Will you marry me? And then it's the end. And the next morning, he's like, "We can call an ambulance now." And it was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> right then, boring All romance. Right. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. It just really it's... taps into when you go over to a friend's family's <laughs> house as a kid, and they do things mm-hmm. differently than you. Like yeah. that. Yeah. I think is the universal. That's why I'm like able. It taps into something like you feel like you're one of these people when that happens to you as a kid. Like you make macaroni with like craft singles. <laughs> it's like that where you're like your whole world is thrown into chaos because like this family does something different or their house smells like soup or something like that. Yeah. No, it's I like a it. weird. <laughs> like you're like, wait, what? Like that's did how you do things. But did you have a, did you have lots of friends over for sleepovers like at your family's homes when you were growing up mm-hmm. yes uh, yeah and so we were the we were the we were the femmes i mean we were definitely we were the, femmes. the femmes yeah yeah <laughs> although we didn't have secret people i i knew one family growing up that we would always have there was three brothers and we would always have them over but we were never allowed to stay over at their house and it was always a mystery as to why i that it's not really a mystery that's their mother was like i don't want no nasty ass kids in my house yeah (laughs) that's probably true and then we finally did one time and it was very strange i can't remember having this is going to sound so sad. I can't remember having people come to spend the night. I mean, somebody must have, right? Because especially at the time that I was a kid, you would be like a fucking pariah if pe- someone didn't come no, for a slumber party not. or something. It's been on but... your family. I mean, I knew families who never had people over and we would always have them over. My my family wasn't like that. I think I just didn't have oh. it have it do it that way myself. I mean, mm. Yeah, so that makes me feel weird. I'm confronting that. But like I went to other people's houses for sleepovers, but you know, I'm sure their parents just made them include me. But they also like yeah, I don't know. I think it just your parents I I don't know. I could see that happening. Like if I was I don't want to watch some other kid. <laughs> like I think I would probably be that parent of like, "Oh, you can yeah, go stay wherever you want. I'll have martinis all night and whatever." I don't want more kids in my house, you know? I was thinking about the idea of the old dark house. So if you are 
driving on the road and you're experiencing hazardous conditions. All right, like, like, mm-hmm. let's just, I'll just speed it up. So you have to go up to a weird old dark house because for whatever reason, you have to seek shelter. I feel like for you guys to be in that situation, it would have to be like a bizarre biblical level, like yeah. sandstorm or like <laughs> so cold that you were going to die. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So it's like you have to go to the house, Joe and Eric. You have to go to the house of the weird people. Mm-hmm. Would you be afraid of that or would you just be uncomfortable? I would be 100% terrified. I would be so scared. I would be... To go into somebody's house. To, to yes. even knock on a door yeah. randomly like that. I'm I'm legit afraid of everyone that I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like, Especially I would people be that own fucking, houses. I would, I would not sleep. I would just sit awake. I would make myself as small it's it's nearly impossible but i would make myself as small <laughs> as humanly possible if you i was invited into a stranger's home mm-hmm. i would just try to become invisible so that they forgot that i was there i would sit in a chair at the door shivering holding a knife in my hand <laughs> and just like sweating and staring at the door and and jumping at every creek that the yeah. house made no i would be i would be terrified so you're both you're both like Bringing some Saul vibes into yes. your yeah, we would be the experience. freaks. We would turn. Totally. It, would, so, it would become murderous I, because of our. Energy. I'm the perfect person. Hey, strangers! I'm the perfect person to walk up to your fucking house in the middle of the night because I'm literally going to just be like, "Hey, can I just sit on your porch because you have like an Eve?" Yeah, and I'll, like I'll just sit on your porch, like or or can right. I sit next to your fireplace? on the outside because it's still the bricks are still warm Mm -hmm. like i just don't want to bother you at all i want to be completely invisible Mm -hmm. i don't want to get involved in your life or your family secrets yeah i just want to live through the night but you know what though if i was in the old house and admittedly if i'm in the old dark house i have a lot of secrets and i'm probably weird (laughs) and i'm eating a lot of pickled onions become one of the siblings uh, immediately with intensity but if somebody (laughs) came knocking on my door in the middle of the night and what they said was will you let me um just hang out next to your chimney or can i sit on your porch that would be scarier to me yeah. than just being like, come into the house and just go in the fucking basement. See, this Bye. is this is why I wouldn't do this though. Like, I, I, it would have to be such life-threatening situations for me to <laughs> even consider knocking on a strange house door. Yeah, anywhere. I think I. I was gonna say zombie apocalypse, but I realized that's always a bad example I because mean, the house clearly is teeming with zombies that are totally right. yeah. like yeah. zombie apocalypse is just like find any yeah, hole just, and a yeah. gun. And I think Eric and I would just die. We would fought, We would be found frozen to death in our car, and rather <laughs> than knock on a strange like, door, you'd be all, all outlook maze. Yeah, but it seemed like <laughs> so, this. This movie makes it seem like this just happened all the time in the '30s. Like it was just part and of life. You know what? This movie, everyone lives. It's a happy ending. There's, there's right. no. There really is well, nothing. Well, Saul, wrong. Do- Saul doesn't. Does he die or does he just get knocked out? Because He's fully because cross-eyed. Morgan just like picks him up and carries him back to bed. I thought he was dead. Yeah. I'm unclear. Which would I mean, be a pretty big relief for that family. Part of me sort of, I like Saul and I like his, um, I just like his determination. Like Saul is fucking intrepid with burning that hat, trying to burn the house down. Like he's out grace pool in grace pool. And I really like that. <laughs> he really just um, had, he had a singular vision but, and he knows everything there is to know about, about flames. Yeah. And he loves you. I hope that Saul, is dead though not because i wish him dead i wish that he could live forever but 
I hope for the next people that are in an insane Welsh storm that prevents them from going any further than the femme household, mm-hmm. that then one of their secrets is we have the corpse of our insane brother Saul in mm-hmm. that bedroom and mm-hmm. the door's not locked anymore. But yeah. 1932, can we talk about the fact that this movie came out in 1932 oh and what was going on in America in 1932? Because <laughs> even though it's a British director, right? James yeah, Wales, British, British. British director, like I think the actors, 80% of the actors mostly, are British. Gloria Stewart uh, is, mm-hmm. is American. And, and a book written by a British author that is about uh, people in the United Kingdom yeah. Post. It's like the the book's like 1927, I think. But so 1932, of course, um, often spoken of as the cruelest year of the Depression. Ooh, so it, this really? film comes out in the summer of 1932. Um, and then how many months later? So it comes out in July, like four months later. Oh, my God. Um, Roosevelt is elected. Uh, the first Democrat to take the White House in 80 years Jesus as a reaction really? to how people are feeling about Herbert Hoover. Oh, my God. And new that. era politics. And so at the time, I the New Deal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Roosevelt is New Deal. Mm-hmm. Hoover is New Era. But so at that time, because, of course, confusingly, in some ways, 1929 to the beginning of World War II is considered to be by many the golden age of Hollywood. Like that's what we refer to as the golden age of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And so it's always been sort of like confusing to me to think about like some of the things that seem like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And some of the other things that seem weird about America being in the throes of a decade long depression, but that being the majority of the golden age of Hollywood is so yeah. strange. But so at the time in 1932, more than n- numbers wise, more than half the population of the United States was going to the movies once a week. Mm-hmm. And it cost 10 cents for kids and 25 cents for adults, which now would be two bucks and five bucks mm-hmm. respectively. It just makes me think like if it was still two bucks and five bucks, I think people might go to the movies uh, once a week. But like the yeah. statistics about that moment in time for people's just overall mm-hmm. well-being and mm-hmm. mental health and fiscal health and all the things is so crazy where it's like in 1932 one out of four workers is unemployed Jesus. things are only getting worse mm-hmm. you know it's like the results God. of joe i feel like you could really dig into some of the shit about the depression yeah um for example uh people would graduate from ivy league schools and at that time like employment listings, you would they would say like you need a bachelor's degree to be the elevator person in our department uh-huh, store, right? Uh-huh. So there's a lot of things I think that give people pause. But one of those things, of course, is that the reason that um, the stock market you know collapses initially under its own weight is based on the fact that technology modernization, you know, the industrial age, like is in this next wave of success, mm-hmm. which of course means that. Uh, you require 40% less manpower to create these goods. And so you're overproducing goods. People are not, wages are not increasing to match this glut of goods. Mm -hmm. Um, And so people want them on credit, right? Mm -hmm. Because people can't afford $2,000 a year that it would take for them to be able to afford even basic necessities as this situation uh, continues to develop and just the idea of that, right? So then the crash happens and 
there's still this glut of goods. And then the way that it gets fucking worse and worse as time goes on Mm -hmm. is that you're not going to adjust the price, the selling price, because that's going to screw up the investment you've made into making this product. Mm -hmm. But so the way that business owners have to like the choice they have to make to respond to keeping their own heads above water is to lay people off Mm -hmm. and then begins like this really crazy thing that is more than about, you know, like other things people think about with the depression, right? About farms plunging into this thing where you need a whole truckload of oats to buy a pair of shoes, you know, like just, just crazy. And then at the same time, here comes old dark house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like here comes Saul. Here, watch this. You're there at your weekly thing with like maybe one of your kids if they found a dime or like I yeah. don't know. I don't uh. know how, how they're doing it. And you're just like able to escape to this crazy, terrifying uh film where everyone is is an archetype of Do you think that's what it was? You know, post-war pessimism. It, it, an escape? I've... I've heard that statistic before about the Great Depression. There's more people are going to the movies than ever before in America. And you think that's what it was, escapism? It was just to get out of Absolutely. their lives. It's the, it's the same. I always, I always kind of compare it. It's a little erroneous, but it's, it's somewhat sound. Uh, drugs are always available. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always you're always alcohol is always there's always cheap alcohol mm-hmm. there's always because right, prohibition escape. is over mm-hmm. there's always an escape and and if you have a workforce that you're exploiting <laughs> and if that exploitation has gotten to the point where they you there is so much of an unemployed workforce uh who are so desperate that need for escapism is even greater yeah right and more plentiful Right. But also you're paying, uh, you know, a quarter to be off the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have a place to sit down, you're, you're inside and you get to experience this. It also helps you if you're one of the people that's just trying to give off a sense that you're doing okay, that you're one of the people that's doing okay. Right, right. But like Eric's saying, like cigarette smoking, like mm-hmm. uh, escalated astronomically during the time period oh, yeah. but then crazy other things are happening like the television is invented during the 10 years of the depression like wow. it's just super weird wow, right that but that's really weird but the statistic that's really interesting to me in terms of like where film is different from other forms of entertainment is like thank christ we're kind of moving out of the vaudeville ugh ugh yuck <laughs> go die um <laughs> but the recording industry is a 50 million dollar industry before the depression uh, by the height of the depression, it is a quarter million dollars hmm. dollar industry, and that's wild. Mm-hmm. From fifty million dollars to a quarter of a million dollars. So think of all the people that that employs and all the things that yeah. that does. But wow. at the same time, people are buying wow. radios in big numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like a crazy moment. It but is. either way, um, nineteen thirty-two. It's just weird to watch movies that are the golden age and think a lot about where they're seated mm-hmm. within the history of our country in particular if they're american films that is like what you just said though the f- seeming to be okay like the people that want to just seem like they're uh, okay enough to be in a movie theater still permeates america that that idea of having the car and the house and whatever like like a lot of the people who have that in the suburbs are totally bankrupt and and they're living off credit and they're it's like it's not what it seems if you have they have 
big houses and uh, like three vehicles, you know, there's a lot of people who are living that way and faking it to other people, to society and, and pretending to be rich thing is like, I feel like keeping America running in certain ways. Well, I think in the depression, in the depression, people felt like it was, they were trying to hold on to their dignity and this idea of, Mm. you know, especially it, of this American idea of success mm-hmm. and, you know, that pressure. And when you've got these generations that are already fucked up by a world war, you know, like uh. to be confronted by something else that is catastrophic and in their lifetime unprecedented is is mm-hmm. hard to understand, right? But when you're yeah. talking about how people kind of do this stuff that's fake and that they do it even now, it's interesting to consider, you know, what else is fake? What else is false? Mm-hmm. The movies. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. It's an interesting moment, but for some reason, I, I think because we haven't, is this the oldest film that we've watched since we started yes. yeah. reaction? Yeah. And so, like, we've watched films that are about this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, last week. Last <laughs> yeah. week. And you were talking about uh, Gosford Park. What, what year Gosford was Gosford Park? Also, yeah, it took place it in the thirties, yes. right? Yeah. So it was like mm-hmm. you were talking about the uh, the staff of these rich people's house and how mm-hmm. they were and the big shift, yeah, yeah. and how it was yeah. just they were lucky to have these jobs where they were treated like garbage, basically. But they were lucky to have those jobs and they wanted those jobs and that, yeah, it's it's so interesting. But they're on the cusp in Gosford Park. It's yeah. when the shift is happening societally and and how much it's shaped by a migration from rural places to cities you know all that stuff it's what what year did um wizard of oz come out was it 34 the the judy garland yeah i think it was 30s it must have been like a little bit later 30s because it was color but i don't remember i'm gonna be whipped by gays uh 39 39 okay my friend and i wrote uh like i did a children's book in middle school or high school about how the wizard of oz and comparing it to the great depression and like how the munchkins were hoovervilles and like it was all this and it was like this whole children's story relating that to how it was like false promises of and then the new deal and all that kind of stuff it was i should uh i gotta look that up and read it on the podcast yes <laughs> anyways Patreon. We've started a Patreon. Yeah, you can have. <laughs> we will access be reading this children's story. Joe's <laughs> childhood project. Yeah, Joe's elementary school thesis. Yeah, my thesis. Rewrite corner takes a Wizard takes a dark Oz turn. <laughs> but it was like we were just so it's shocked. Biting about social how, criticism. How many metaphors? We didn't even. We were just like, oh, that just is what that is and it just makes sense it made total sense at the time it was just uh, yeah i gotta i'll look it up for the next podcast and i'll tell you more about it but i wonder what what did it appeal to audience i mean was this a big release do we know how did you both come to this movie and i came to it it? i i came to it through shutter it it just appeared on shutter and when we had our last halloween party we projected it down our hallway oh is that what we were projecting? yeah so (laughs) <laughs> so that's how I knew it. Um and that I was and cool. I I noticed it because of Corey Brewer's band. Mm-hmm. Uh but this I did a bunch a bunch of reading about this fucking movie. It it has not it was not available to the public. It was considered lost for like a for like decades. Really? Uh The Old Dark House from 1963 by William yeah. Castle mm-hmm. uh came out and that became The Old Dark House. 
Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then this was uncovered in the late 80s, I think. Was it the 80s? I think but, it was. Uh, uh, restored by the folks at the Eastman House. Yes, yes. Um, so it's like kind it of looks a incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, I, I can't believe beautiful. how good that some of those shots look. It's and I, the the way that it's restored is kind of amazing mm-hmm. for a for it's a beautiful a film that a, a bunch of celluloid that was very likely just in a fucking closet for fifty years. Yeah, but so the film was not particularly. It wasn't a box office hit by no. any means <laughs> in the United States, but it all. I think it did better in the UK. Did you? Is that I what did, you? I, read I saw there? no info about about its reception. I didn't. I, I mean, I mainly just read a little a lot of trivia. It makes sense just from who's in it and the author who whose work it is based upon. But and it's James Whale had had a huge hit with Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this was this was a follow up. Follow up, and it was a follow up with with Boris Karloff, who was the monster in Frankenstein. Um, it's, it's between, this is also, remember this too. <laughs> this is at a time when a director made five movies a year. Like it was like, it's just yeah. churned out. Those posters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because everybody was going to the movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one interesting little piece of trivia that I found. The poster for old dark house, which I fucking uh, it's love. So beautiful. It is it's gorgeous. Amazing. Um, when it was on unc- that, that sold at auction for $48,000. Wow. Uh and at the time it was the most expensive movie poster sold ever. Wow. When when did it sell for I can, I can find that out right now. Worth it. Totally worth it. Worth it's, it. It's it's it so is great. one of my favorite posters. I posted it to our Instagram uh letting people know that this movie was available on Canopy for free. Oh yeah. Um, which it also, I think it looked great on Canopy. Yeah. It sold at auction at Christie's in 1991 for $48,400. Oh, wow. At the time, the most valuable poster ever sold. That's Get really it. cool. The old dark house. So I want to talk, like, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about James Whale. Um, we Yay. we brought James Whale up during our, our last podcast uh, because we were talking about this movie. Uh, and we've talked about him a bunch. We before. have talked about him. Yeah. Uh, Charles, because we were talking about Charles Lawton and how Charles Lawton mm-hmm. was, a, was a gay actor. Uh, and James Whale was a gay director. These people all, of course, worked together. This is ho- old Hollywood. You basically had a clique of people, you, which, which in the 70s, they started calling a stable. Of, <laughs> like a director had their stable. And... Mm-hmm. It was a lot of gay people. There's also like a there's a lot of stories about James Whale's relationship with Boris Karloff, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of stories about the contentious relationship between James Whale and Boris Karloff because James Whale was apparently a bit of an asshole and was very demanding in unrealistic ways of his then uh, dalliance sharer Boris, um, and they at this time it was either at be- it was either this movie or right in in the time of the movies that they were making at this time, James Whale and Boris Karloff had a massive falling out. Oh. And there's uh, a lot of basically mistreatment. <laughs> uh, I've, I think seeing Boris Karloff thrown, actually thrown down these stairs in this movie oh my God. may very well have been uh, uh, not received well. 
Uh, there's also that chair fight was kind of crazy. I mean, I'm that sure th- crazy. the chairs look like they were built to be to like come apart <laughs> as soon as you hit them, but they really were whacking the they fuck out of each, each other. other. With those yeah, someone yeah. got a bruise. But that was Soul and Pen- Pendrel, wasn't it? No, the, was the, it there's a Morgan, Mor- Morgan and Philip had a like. <laughs> well, Philip chair hit, fight did, did the fucking lamp over the head, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> sad because that lamp deserved it, to live. Huge lamp. The lamp deserve uh, uh, justice for the lamp. <laughs> Starting a hashtag. Stop erasing lamp. Stop erasing Stop lamp. Erasing lamp. Uh, the, but the 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 gay nature of of our director and our actors in this movie, I I just couldn't help but <laughs> uh, catch a lot of innuendo, a lot of really fun kind of gay subtext in a lot mm-hmm. of the characters, mm-hmm. particularly Charles Lawton, who is just the drunk British guy who's who's brought this cute girl that yeah. he's not really in love with. Um, <laughs> and he kind of delights in the fact that she's falling in love with this. She's He's totally into guy. it. Yeah. She also refers to him as being quite gay, which I think is really funny. Because uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. that obviously meant something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love Melvin Douglas and him talking about, you know, oh, you're coming to our wedding and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of like male affection going yeah. on between them that I think is really cute. Yeah. Uh, it's just all really interesting. I, I kind of want to dig into more James Whale movies uh, mm-hmm. uh, personally. I, I don't have to put the put the listener through this. <laughs> this uh, it reminded me of Barbarian a little bit, especially when they go to the old huh. bedroom of the old person because you know it's what? like that's interesting. You're, di- you're you're digging deeper into this weird house and this weird family and. Yeah. Ellen, did you see Barbarian? Is um, it from from last year? No. Oh. Highly recommend Barbarian. It's yeah. on it's on HBO Dude, right now streaming. It. I love it. And it kind of is very similar. I mean, it's like it you, is when you start like, thinking about it, she shows up. Hey, I don't I won't spoil anything. It but. is a modern old dark house trope, but in yeah. in, in an inverse. Yeah. Um and it's Wow, that's a really neat observation. I, anyway, I do recommend Barbarian big time. It's part of what cool. I what I call the the Detroit horror renaissance that is happening right yeah, now. Yeah, it's on my list. It's just you know, at some point, I think I'm going to be able to. Yeah, worth your time. That's it's a worth your time. that's a fun list. horror movie. Unlike Skin of Marink. it's fun and it, but it's still scary. <laughs> it's still mm. very scary. <laughs> uh, if any of our links end up at Skin of Marink, oh, we're not. I'm not doing it. <laughs> there are no actors in skin. There's quit, no actors in Skin and Marine. I quit the we podcast. We can't get there. We can't we ever, get there. We ever end up at Skin. It's impossible. Marine. Speaking of gay subtext, it's oh, time for <laughs> pick your poke. <laughs> That's just sick version of doing that. I know. I don't. I don't have the energy to, to no have energy. a fun sub a fun mm-hmm. segue. Uh, you have a fun energy, but I do poke. have the energy. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? I know you're in there somewhere. <laughs> Pendrel. 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 Melvin Douglas. Uh super yeah. cute. Yeah. Although I have to say, I have to say, Morgan was a real close second. Oh man, really? I thought Morgan <laughs> in certain in certain angles was really fucking hot. <laughs> he looked like a fucking hipster with a scar. Like that's, he was really cute. That's so funny because <laughs> Pendrel was my second because he is so cute. Yes. And my first is Morgan. Of course. <laughs> my focus <laughs> definitely Morgan. He oh, is wow. so handsome. Yeah. He, look, he looks good. You know, he's 
just mumbling, you know, it's very unsettling his behavior and the way he when they're walking outside and he punches through that window oh. in the but it's not like it's not like he's trying to be a monster who just punches through a window. It's the weirdest way how he just stumbles up to it and just like slowly punches through it. It's so strange. It is weird. Yeah. Hmm. It's highly erotic. <laughs> Ellen? Ellen, you got one? Not you got an old, you got really. an old dark poke? Not, <laughs> old dark poke. <laughs> not really. I mean, I guess it is the old dark house. Yeah. yeah. The, house yeah. the house itself, which made everyone seem like a Barbie or Ken doll. Like they were little dolls in a in an oversized house. Yeah. Everything in that house was Even huge. the bread. The bread. Even the bread. The... It, they kept coming back to that little dining room area with this huge wall and giant <laughs> banisters. They, yeah. It made them look so tiny. Everything. I, the, the cinematography I, is really something. Yeah. I, I thought it was really beautiful. At times, it's super beautiful. At times, it's it's pedestrian. You, and specifically, the romantic moments mm-hmm. uh, where it's right. just a two shot of these people talking about how much they love each other because they just met. Mm-hmm. Um, but but all of the scenes in the dining room where it's just this giant shadows, shadows. Yeah. It's so good. And well, then the the bedroom, the those mirrors are really fascinating. The warped yeah. mirror shots are amazing. Mm-hmm. I think they're beautiful. Yeah. I love them yeah. so much. It's uh, you can't help but think like, what if that that idea had sort of taken over the rest of the film yeah how different it would be like what if they Um, didn't make this movie in two days (laughs) yeah right it just looks so great i mean Mm. i love a dark and stormy night Mm -hmm. always and the storm is like a whole nother character right which i always love but it's just deafeningly loud the rain is comically pelting you but there's certain things about that that I love like when the the door blows open and you see like the blast of wind and the and mm-hmm. the water like mm-hmm. I love that the sound design also the it's... the throughout the house there's co- a constant sound of wind, wind? question mark yeah <laughs> uh, that is just this really eerie um I don't know if it's stringed instruments just like rubbing the strings yeah. or yeah, what, but it's really cool. Like a weird bull rushy sound, like it's creepy and kind of droning. Yeah, at yeah. moments, yeah. right? Like, it, yeah, yeah, that was really interesting to me for sure because I don't know if it's just the way that I was perceiving the sound, but to me, it, the way the sound um, was experienced by me wasn't like that. I was surrounded by the wind or that the wind is whipping around the house, but it was like this drone that seemed to emanate from mm-hmm. like the lower regions of the yeah. space in a really weird way. Well, and there's no music Dig in the, it. there's no music in the film, uh, which, which is always <laughs> is so weird as a musician, but like, I love it when there's I no music in a movie. I think it's great for it's this. It's such a cool, it's such a cool move. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want like Roger and Gladys's theme. Yeah. I cannot. Yeah. No. So I mean, no. well, unless it was like Bernard Herrmann or or well, know, right. It's if a master had dealt with it, but that's such a rarity that yeah, it's a treat when it's just like sound design is the only thing. Yeah. Particularly with a suspenseful or a suspenseful film or something that's attempting to actually scare you. Right. Like right. diegetic sound and and clever sound design. That's yeah. the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Totally. The film is so. I mean, by by 
from a 2023 perspective, it's like it's so short, right? Mm-hmm. An hour and 10 minutes, hour and 12 minutes, whatever it is. But one of the things that I love about dark house movies is how long they make the night feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. For me, yeah. that's where a lot of if if not the majority of the tension comes from is that you're just waiting it out. You're just trying to get to the sunrise, right? So mm-hmm. it is kind of mm-hmm. a great device to have um, Roger tell Gladys that he has something to tell her in the cold light of morning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're all just hoping to get to the cold light of morning yeah. and see what is revealed. Totally. Like, how are we different? What have we learned Yeah, from this crazy night? The the most fascinating thing about watching this is because it's the oldest movie that we've watched on the podcast, and you know it was just like how realistic is this to the culture of the 1930s? You know, it was like the old dark house Welsh storm culture. Yeah, the Welsh storm of having to the... slide into the mud and then getting a landslide almost fall on top. No, but of you, you have to we have to remember that that. The idea of a movie being realistic didn't really it didn't exist exist until like the the late fifties and even, <sighs> right. Like, I mean, in France, they were kind of given that a go, but, but it was basically a play. American films were not; they were yes, it was either filmed play, yeah, or it was a spectacle, right? Because now... it is purely it's meant it's meant for you to go and just have fun. Like you're you're not mm-hmm. supposed to go and. No, trust me. No one in the depression wanted to see themselves reflected. Like re- re- representation matters, but not there. Right, exactly. But now, I mean, in a hundred years, you know, twenty one, twenty three, we'll watch movies from this time. <laughs> Are we a hundred years? A <laughs> hundred years in the future. The, the Am I Sir Roderick? Films now. I mean, there's My a trend beard. of trying to be as realistic as possible to yeah. real behavior of humans that exist now. It, it's like a weird merging with documentaries and the true crime and all that stuff. Where mm-hmm. if you look at a, if you looked back in a hundred years at about a film today, you would sort of see in some to some degree how we live and how we interact with each other. And so yeah. I was trying to piece together like. Is this a common thing that people would just have to stop at other people's houses in the 30s and like enter into their lives? And is that was that a thing? Where I your think car of that would, as your, a your tin Lizzie would just break liter- down. <laughs> and like, I think of that as a literary trope. Like I, I because you're also we also have to remember that like yeah. the stories for these movies came from books, right? I guess uh, people weren't, weren't traveling then as much. Like it wasn't like people were driving through the countryside all the time. Well, I mean they were. Well, they, they might not have been doing that by choice. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. I just, I just think that there's, it's your what you're talking about is like style, yeah, um, like stylistic choices, right, within a genre, within a not a genre, but a, within a an art form. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, there's there we have gone through like hyperrealism periods, just yeah. like painters mm-hmm. go through hyperrealism periods, right. We have gone through expressionist periods. We've gone through like, yeah, mm-hmm. a, aspirational representation, mm-hmm. which which is what the fifties is. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Totally. And what is also the 80s. The 80s was 100% aspirational representation. Right. Then the 90s became like hyper real, just just 
well became reactionary like yeah. it was it was anti-heroes became a, th- this i always think it, it's really a safe bet to think every 30 years everything repeats it's a pendulum so mm-hmm. every 30 years you end up seeing the same shit well, we're reacting and we're, we're in the we're in the 90s now creatives <laughs> creatives get sick of what comes before them and they want to do the opposite of totally that thing i i just always consider it as generational so mm-hmm. it's like you're at this point in time people people who are 30 years old and making mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. when they were 10 they were really into yeah. uh, what was popular at the time right so they that embeds itself and imprints itself onto your work onto right. your art and how you express yourself yeah whether you're whether you're raging against it or you're embracing it mm-hmm. so and and all of that kind of comes out in the ways that it comes out in yeah. in all of our and all of our chosen disciplines and, totally. and it's all representation and daily life anyway let's uh i want to get to to links so let's do 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 i i recommend this movie to people who want to to want to watch this movie <laughs> if i'm gonna rate it i'm probably gonna give it a six. Oh, shit um, i think it's beautiful but i also think it's boring um Ooh. but that's me that's just me and maybe it's because i'm sick oh <laughs> i also i mean i <laughs> Been... I'm not laughing because you're sick. Yes, you are. And I, <laughs> I was traveling all weekend and then we came back and like I had to watch this movie instantly after traveling. And part of the travel was the worst turbulence I've ever experienced. And I was very close <laughs> to vomiting. It was horrible. And I was like, I don't ever want to fly again after this. And I have to fly in like three days. And then flying back, there was some more bad turbulence. So and then I landed and we immediately had to come back here. You were sick. And we had to watch this movie for the podcast. So it was like a very strange. But that being said, I just like last week, I, it's like I had a hard, a hard time believing that this was from the 30s. This it, it felt like it was more modern. And the version we watched was so beautiful looking mm-hmm. and so high definition that I don't know. I, I, I think I give it like an eight out of 10 because of the because of how ludicrous and unhinged it was for that time <laughs> and just it was like it it feels like a gem and it feels like you know it started the trope of this style mm-hmm. of film oh it gets major points for that yeah definitely so i i enjoyed it and we both fell asleep <laughs> there was a moment when it was like i had to check how much time was left when they were fighting Morgan. in an hour-long movie we had to check how much time <laughs> yeah was left. because they were fighting they were tussling with morgan for 10 minutes mm-hmm. that scene went on and on and i was like what is and, this supposed to be scary what is Angel happening and gladys like wooing each other yeah in the garage I just that was when i fell asleep yeah and it's <laughs> i i hold to this that was absolutely unnecessary yeah so the, you yeah know, sure but it's like 1930 yeah no it's, it's fine it's what it is i'm not i'm not saying excise it i'm just saying i don't i don't need it yeah so i go eight ellen do you think people should watch old dark house i do um i do if things like what you have both described matter to them but i i found it really enjoyable i mean it's an hour so it's like even if it is some parts of it feel like antiquated or unnecessary or boring, it's an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's so many reasons that it's a very important hour. It 
brushes so lightly across so many things that manifest within cinema in particular that I love. And I don't know, I, I just really delighted in really sitting down and, and gazing intently at this film and having that experience. The things we've talked about in just now, like with the sound in particular, the use of shadow, like there's just so many glimpses into what will be mm-hmm. and what can matter. And that feels like so astonishing. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea that this film would come about in the time period that it did, I really think James Whale is such an interesting director and an interesting person at a time that is so crazy for so many reasons that it's hard for us to understand now. And unfortunately, some of it we can understand much yeah. too acutely yeah. um, as some things never change. But I, yeah, I really, um, I do, I do recommend it. That's so funny that yeah. with dated art, the things that you understand much too acutely, that's like a really yeah. good way of putting that where you're like, oh, like that was the thing that was happening in the expression of that idea. It was like, oh, it makes you feel like a little weird for understanding too much sometimes that they probably didn't then, I assume, I don't, or maybe they did, but not on a level that we can intellectually now. I don't know. Right. Like the coded aspects. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate exactly. within that context, like even though, you know, I wish it didn't have to be that way, but mm-hmm. it was that way. And so people need to take take their power and shoot their shot and share like the uh, collective affection and understanding that's afforded to their cohort mm-hmm. within an orbit where they feel confident or mm-hmm. at least somewhat more comfortable and secure within that to mm-hmm. have that moment and share it. So all good but you know ultimately like i'm just i'm always down with grace pool grace pool jane eyre that's like a story that really affected me profoundly mm-hmm. as a child mm-hmm. and um you know just gothic gothic shit i yeah. dig it yeah i dig it my last note before we get to links is at the the title sequence you know from the 30s where they just actually were shooting things on like backgrounds of clouds it says the end and then it fades up this little globe made of clay or paper mache and over the top of the globe in script it says it's a universal picture (laughs) and it just feels like i wish they would still do that instead of that huge universal logo at the beginning at the end it would just fade up this tiny little in the corner like it it just has so much personality where it's like you just watched a universal picture. Yeah. Like it's so cute and it's this like hallmark quality of like this bit mega studio now was like, um, by the way, it's I mean, universal. And to be fair, mega studio then. Oh like, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> yeah. True. yeah. Like yeah. they, they uh, made what like a hundred movies a week or something. Oh like shit, that. really? Okay. <laughs> It's just so funny how different that's become where it's this giant logo floating above, you know, like with a yeah. big shadow on the globe. And now but that's, and that's just like, what logos have become. I know. It's just that was such a funny little ending to the it's a universal picture, by the way. Well, I mean, it, it seems like quaint or something mm-hmm. by our standards now. But of course, like, yeah, Universal is massive mm-hmm. cranking out the stuff. But also, like, the way that they made that and filmed that 
little airplane, which fully has a yes. moving propeller going around like mm. the globe mm-hmm. is so awesome. Yeah. And especially at that moment, it's so great. Yes. I don't know. There's certain, even now, like there's certain um, studios and production companies where I just get kind of a weird tingle when I see their familiar logo. Like, I just love it. Like, mm-hmm. I know I'm getting into something good. Yeah. yeah. Which was, yeah. That's how I felt when I saw that A24 logo for so long. I know. And now I d- that's right. done. I mean, I'm, I'm still, it. I, I'm oh. still a fan. I'm oh. still a fan of A24, but I, but I am also. They went downhill. <laughs> no, I don't think they went downhill. I'm, I'm just like, there's, their style is now apparent. Yeah, you can see it. Um, which isn't a bad thing. I think that's a good mm-hmm. thing. I just, but it is, it is like less of a, uh, like, oh, what am I gonna get? And more of a, all right, here's, I'm ready for this kind of thing. Well, and you know, it, I think that things evolve too under leadership and totally. You know, who knows where? Yeah, I used to go. I used to feel that about the Miramax logo. The Miramax mm-hmm. ladder. <laughs> the ladder up to the tree fort cube, which I never understood was a piece of film until way later in life. Are you rewriting the Miramax logo? Yeah. <laughs> Is that wait, okay. That's not the Miramax logo with the the piece of film with the sideways film gate. Miramax like, is like the chunky block letters. That almost do the WGBH Boston thing. Yes. Okay, I'm thinking oh. of <laughs> <laughs> my favorite logo of all time, the WGBH. That sound, Boston, which, uh, which they sound fucking companies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is it? Amazing, <laughs> truly amazing. Yeah. What right. am I thinking of? Wait, we cannot move on until I figure out what I'm thinking of. With the, it's a film piece of film, yeah. and one of the sides is slightly angled. New Ellen. line. New line. New line. Cinema. New line. Yes. I, another logo that I love. Which and I also when I would thought, see the new line logo, I knew I was going to enjoy what I was watching. You yeah. knew you were going to get your nightmare on Elm Street. Exactly. Yes. The house that Freddie built. Which I thought was a ladder. Okay. Hot link okay. time. Hot link time. <laughs> uh, mine is, and I know that Ellen already picked it, it's Gloria Stewart in Titanic. No, I'm kidding. It <laughs> is. Oh, God. I, I thought of making that same joke. It's, so, yeah. it's for real. It's Melvin Douglas, who is Pendrel. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I chose it. the changeling. Oh. So I left, I left it for you to choose the other one. All right. And I did. A million percent I did. Oh, so let's see. That's what you I wasn't Ellen's sure. I went back and forth, but I knew I that made a definitive decision the, to do the changeling. The changeling. <laughs> yeah, because that's yeah, I knew that I knew what my I knew what my job was. <laughs> I had such a hard time choosing a link this episode because I wanted to get us out of the 30s. Same. I didn't uh-huh. want to go. I didn't want to get us into the 20s. Yeah. I wanted to get us back to, the, to our prime You picked 80s. Uh, Sir Roderick. <laughs> I just wanted to get us back. So, and in my research, I came across a film from 1978 called Who is Killing the Great Chefs of Europe? Oh, I love that's, Who is Killing the Great Chefs of Europe. I think that's one of Ellen's favorite movies. Oh. (laughs) Well, I I do, like, love that movie. But it's Robert Morley, who is in not in the movie we just watched. He's in the 60s version of the movie we just watched. I'm pretty sure 
he's listed as a cast member of the 1932 version huh. of the old dark house, but I'm pretty sure he's not in it. He's in the sixties version. Huh. And so I just spun out. I was also, <laughs> you know, coming, coming back from a trip and just trying to work from home and like trying to figure out what a good link was, would be. And then I also came across the changeling. Oh, really? Yeah. And so huh. that's my choice because I forgot about it and, and was like, oh, I guess Boris Karloff and the mummy. Like, that's what I wrote down. <laughs> but then you, when you said the changeling, I'm choosing the changeling. I want to watch the changeling because I've oh, never seen shit. it. I've never seen it. But the one I wrote down was Boris Karloff in the mummy. But I don't want to watch that. I've never seen it before. I want to get us out of the 30s. I really want to get us back to like okay. 80s. So I want to watch The Changeling. So I'm choosing that too. My God, stop saying it. Okay. The Changeling. <laughs> the okay. Changeling. I am not going to say that I do not want us to watch The Changeling because clearly Eric and I have just like have like some sort of weird. So Eric knows what I picked because I also followed, of course, Melvin Douglas. I am going to tell you my also ran though after this because um, I knew you would pick the changeling, Eric. I knew I could count on you. I thought for a second maybe one of us would go Invisible Man or that that would be an also ran. Mm. But I knew that everybody would try to bring it back into yeah. closer to closer to now. Mm -hmm. So would you like me to say the film that I picked starring Melvin Douglas or? I do want you to say it out loud. Okay. I already I already <laughs> showed Joe. Yeah. I wrote it down and showed Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, I will say it then. It's obviously ghost story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I, I and, and I demand that you put these two movies on the wheel because I okay. I honestly okay there is a link from Ghost Story that I would love mm. to follow. Um, there's several links in Ghost Story that I would love to follow. But oh there's my god! One in particular that I would love to ghost follow. Ghost Story just. Oh my God! And Ghost, Ghost Story, is great. Uh, but the Changeling is like legit scary. So and much. <laughs> Changeling Ghost, is terrifying. Ghost Story Ghost is another story one that really I came across me. and was like, "That seems interesting." What's the premise? Do you have the? It's a bunch of old men so, are, are haunted by the same ghost. Yeah, nineteen eighty-one. Yeah, the scariest use. One of the scariest uses of snow in a film. It's uh, the scary, oh. the scariest use of Craig Watson's penis. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 1981, you said? Yeah. This, this came up on our second episode, wow. uh, Hit Jennifer Hart. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's Craig Lawson. Craig Lawson's in it. Okay, mm -hmm. I definitely want to watch this film at some yeah, point. Yeah, we can't lose. Uh, I, okay. but, but I demand that it be on the wheel. because I. Does that mean we're going to link to Hit Jennifer Hart? Ooh. Maybe. Oh, that do. was one that we we really needed to revisit because it was maybe one of me and Joe's most controversial takes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, does it feel like whenever there's a heart to heart option, we go heart to heart? I kind of feel like that, but I also but none I, of us have ever chosen an episode of Heart to Heart as our link, have we? Did I not? I don't think I don't think any of us have. I, think we, I, I stopped writing down the. Uh, I think losers. we need to start. Right, we haven't done okay. that, but I'm wondering if we should. So because... between. Ghost story and the mm -hmm. changeling. But I have to say my other um, Oh yeah, what's my your other, other one? pick? I considered following Raymond Massey to Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh. Uh, that would have been cute. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anyways. Should I add it to the wheel? No. Okay. 
because my pick is Ghost Story. All right. Here we go. It is the Changeling. Changeling. Right on. Right right. on. Changeling has been Lighting. selected. Okay. God, it's so fucking scary. God, it's so scary. Oh, it's, shit. Oh, is it's this going to skinnamarink me? No, it's, it's not going to skinnamarink no. you. But, a, but you, will, you will. It's scary. So it's a mansion is, in Seattle, right? It is. That's the other fun part. So this is 1980s The Changeling starring George C. Scott. Um, it is on <laughs> Peacock. It is on Plex. Oh. It is on Screenbox. It is on Tubi. Uh, it's only $1.99 on Prime. And I'm almost positive it's on Canopy because I think I looked it up. Um, it's fucking great. It's, uh, it's not on Canopy. It's uh, really, really good. I highly recommend everybody listens to us watch this movie before we do the next podcast because we are going to spoil it and it is a mystery Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and for all the seattle listeners it is entirely shot in seattle in the late 70s slash 1980 so you know you want to see uw campus in 1979 you know you do and there's like this really amazing building that used to be in pioneer square this like a uh, sliver building that had a bar in the basement that we used to go to before we would go to shows. All this stuff is in there. It's like Seattle history is all over this fucking movie and it's great. And it is also, it's got a couple of scenes that are fucking terrifying. Oh my God. And I yeah. Can't I'm wait. so excited. Yeah. yeah. I think I've seen the remake of this movie, but I've never seen it. You may have seen the not remake, but the similarly named The Changeling starring Angelina Jolie directed yes. by... Clint Eastwood, which is about a I whole other thing. Kids. Right? Kidnapped or whatever. Yeah. Kidnapped kid during the Depression, I do believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and okay. then they bring back a kid that's not her kid. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's a real depressing story. And uh, that movie sucks because Clint Eastwood's not a good director. Ooh. Come at me. Come at me, internet. Oh. And you know where you can come at me? On Instagram at it was murder pod, oh or at, on Twitter at it was murder pod, or you can email me all the meme things because you love Clint Eastwood at it was murder pod at gmail.com. And if you don't want to come at me, if you want to like say nice things, that's cool too. And the best thing you can do is say those nice things on Apple Podcasts in a review. Yes, please. Next to five stars. That would be so great. Uh, that would help us out. I would be curious to know if our listener. <laughs> would like us to link back to heart to heart whenever we can. I want to know that too. I think we should. I want to know if we should default that or if we should, if that should be supplemental. I don't know. Cause Let's I'm really digging the, the people say, oh, wait, I wanted to ask, where are we in this season? Oh, we're on episode 15. Are we on 15 uh, or six? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I think so this is 15. This is 15. This is 15. Yeah. And we, did we decide we're going to 20? 24. 24. Mm. I think. I think I just kind of sat that one out. <laughs> oh, I thought you were the one who came up with twenty four. Because it well, it no. Mul- I think oh. I think I made a fuss about it being a multiple of three. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We said twenty four. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So yeah, we're ten nine. We're, we're nine away from the end of the oh. season. From the end. So of So do we season. start heart to hearting season in the second season? I don't know. We'll see. I guess. I don't know. Okay. We'll we'll figure it out. We're gonna figure this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any suggestions about it, I already gave you all the information on how to contact <laughs> us. Please use it. Uh, we really it would love to hear pod. from you. And I, I'm still really interested in uh, if you have a movie that you want to hear us talk about, please send it to us because I will keep note of it 
And I, as some of you know, I like to kind of cook the books. Game in it. I do like to game, game it. Game in it. And with that, oh my God, I I have to lie down. Yeah, and yeah. uh, I have to I continue. Better. I have to continue going through the Criterion Channel's erotic thriller collection, which is the best thing in the world. <laughs> the <laughs> best thing in the world. Oh my God. I can't believe Don't that Criterion out. has put up a collection of erotic thrillers. If you have a cold, please drop whatever actually no if you have a cold and you don't have criterion channel do the trial the free trial right now and watch the erotic thrillers collection yeah it is nothing but fun it is nothing but fun and there are some movies on that shit that i had never seen before and they are fucking bananas they are bananas um and with that uh, i am i say good night to you i say good night to my co-hosts and most importantly, I say good night, Freeway. <laughs> good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Don't go to the old See dark you house. soon. See you soon. <laughs> yeah. Have a potato. 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 Freeway. <laughs> <laughs>